All right. So this is the first uh, episode of Basketball Baatcheet with Nikhil and Arjun. Uh, how's it going, Arjun? It's going good, my friend. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Just trying to, you know, stay sane in these insane times, and I'm really happy to finally be doing this. Uh, we've been talking about it for a long time, and uh, I'm glad that we're finally getting our act together. Absolutely, man. I'm psyched as well. It's uh, great to be in a similar time zone uh, as yourself, and uh, with basketball back, um, you know, in action, as good a time as ever to resume the chatter. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I think it's uh, we we all felt uh, the the fact uh, that we went through this intense time at home and didn't have sports was kind of odd. Uh, so I'm very happy to have it back. Um, all right, so given that this is our first episode, uh, I think what we should do is give any potential listeners that we might have uh, maybe a little bit of an introduction uh, into who we are, why we care about the NBA, uh, and then just sort of what to expect uh, about uh, what to expect from the podcast itself. So, uh, do you want to kick things off? Uh, just sort of, you have a longer history with the sport, uh, for sure. So maybe you should get started. Sure thing, bro. Uh, happy to. So uh, you could say that basketball is in my blood. Um, I was born in Long Beach, California, the home of the Snoop Dogg, just uh, just nearby to LA. <laughs> so with that, you know, uh, I'm I'm pretty much a lifelong Laker fan. I'll tell you about mm-hmm. how you know that love story started. Uh, mm-hmm. Before I turned two, though, my family shifted to Singapore. My dad was a, an oil trader, and you know, the, Singapore is a big uh, trading hub. So uh, while there, Singapore is a big uh, collector community. They love their cards, um, you know, Magic the Gathering, and and uh, basketball <laughs> cards as well. So I picked up the hobby of collecting cards. That was the the thing to do when you were like a, a kid in in that area in the early '90s. Uh, around the time I started collecting was just when a young, uh, fit, uh, strong rookie for the Orlando Magic uh, was just breaking <laughs> out. It was the time of Shaq Diesel, uh, just when Michael had actually uh, hung up his boots the first time. So, yep. you know, it was the hottest card to collect that summer. Uh, I became a, a big Shaq fan, uh, enjoyed watching him play, uh, you know, pretty much waking up and the strangest hours, uh, or actually it was reasonably convenient in Singapore if you didn't have school, seven, eight, nine, ten in the morning. And uh, we shifted uh, to Bombay actually in about, uh, I think, 95. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit tougher to watch games, but, you know, we tried to watch whatever we could. Uh, around that time, finally Shaq made his way over to the Lakers. Kobe joined the team. And uh, I became a life lifelong diehard fan for the Lakers ever since. We moved to Dubai, which was like a, a much, much more um, obsessed with basketball or at least accessible. Like basketball was much more popular in, uh, in, in Dubai. And, you know, that's when hip hop and all that was taking the, the scene. So it wasn't just the game. It was also the hip hop and street culture. Uh, you know, I... I um, Finally, after many years of, you know, toiling away, uh, shooting hoops by myself in the backyard, I finally made my uh, basketball team for the school in 10th grade uh, through 12th grade. And, uh, you know, I've pr- uh, been following the Lakers ever since. Uh, it's been 
I think I spent a good 15, 20 years of my life waking up at odd hours of the all, all sorts of hours of the, of, uh, the morning to watch games. And, um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to study in New York for three years, saw a bunch of Laker games at Madison Square Garden, enjoyed uh, catching Jason Kidd and Vince Carter, RJ, Kenyon Martin and the Nets just down, down, you know, down in New Jersey. And after that, it was uh, back to India where it looks like we finally crossed paths in 2007 is when I moved to India. And, um, you know, I've just been still trying to keep up with the game ever since although it's not the same it's a bit of a challenge not having like-minded people to share your love of, of and passion of basketball but there is a small and loyal uh community out there people like yourself and um i do have a close community of friends in in mumbai as well now where i currently have been residing uh who love the game just as much as i do we have the same arguments out there. The LeBron versus Jordan debate is the hot one these days. <laughs> so that's it's a, been hot for a while, I think. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. So that's a that's a quick intro about like you know what's been happening with me and and basketball. I still try and play, even though I'm 34 years old now. And you know your body definitely feels it when you hit the court, but you know the love is too deep to knock it hey, out there. I, 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 I know kids that have played with you in Bombay and they all say you're good, man. Like uh, that, you know, like you sometimes they'll be like, you know, you'll see Arjun and you're like, I don't know if this guy can ball, but he like always subscribe you, uh, like sub- surprise you. And he has like a surprisingly solid post game. Like, oh, cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I try and say like, uh, I try and play like Draymond, you know, even if uh, <laughs> the game ain't on, you, you, if you're not hitting all your shots, you just got to find a way to make an impact. So, um, I might be giving myself a little bit too much praise, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, that's cool. Hey, I mean, uh, honestly, I didn't know a bunch of that, even though like what we've known each other, what I think 2008, is that when we met? Yeah. I think to Silver Oaks. It, absolutely. Uh, you yeah. know, I guess that's when we first crossed pa- cross paths. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I was still in Bombay then. Uh, so my, uh, my history with uh, the NBA is uh, relatively newer, I would say. Uh, I've been a fan. Well, I've been a fan now for, a, I think I complete a decade this year. Uh, but I, you know, it was actually something that I saw at your house that kickstarted it all. There was this uh, documentary called More Than a Game. Yes. Uh, that follows, yes. yeah, yeah, it follows LeBron's high school team, St. Vincent, St. Mary's and, uh, and I remember watching that movie and thinking, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, it, and it wasn't like a LeBron documentary. It was about the team. Like uh, he was like everyone got equal share, you know, the uh, like the rest of his teammates. I can't even remember their their names right now. Uh, Sean Cotton but, was one. Uh, yeah. There the was point guard Drew. was the coach's son. Yeah. Drew, yeah. Drew. 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 Right? Drew, Drew. Drew. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, it was a great yeah, story uh, of like brotherhood and camaraderie oh. and coming of age and. So good. A and lot of other man, issues. Seeing... Uh, a bit of a actual uh, socioeconomic, uh, you know, issue at play there because he joined a pre- predominantly white school as well. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you can you can see with what LeBron's doing right now, and we'll 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 touch a little more on this when we talk about the bubble and the current state of affairs in America, and mm-hmm. especially I guess the role that LeBron specifically has played uh, in sort of upholding those sort of. Uh, the values that I guess he got but growing up really poor in Akron. But yeah. seeing it, that documentary at that time, it was 
I mean, I'm a big fan of just general storytelling, so I found it really fascinating. And and seeing young LeBron, I don't think any human being with like a heart and a and eyes would not enjoy seeing the 16 year old do the things that he was doing. Like he was just incredible. And I remember the documentary ended, uh, where you know how at the end of documentaries they always tell you where everyone is. You know, like now, oh, this person Definitely, is now there yeah. or that. That's person that's is there. actually one of my it favorite said, parts. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it said uh, LeBron found seasonal work in Cleveland. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what does that mean, right? And and I remember, and this was like 2009 maybe or 2010 when we saw this in your house. And, yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I left. I left Delhi to start working in Saharanpur at that time. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it's the longest story that we can probably get into at some point why I was there. But while I was living in this well, Nika, tiny real quick, town, I just I just wanted to point out one thing before we deviate. If you give me the chance to interject real quick, you know, um, yeah, 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 yeah. On the whole LeBron thing, you know, I think what's really great is at that time when you, when you and I saw that, you know, LeBron was getting ripped apart. That was just coming off the decision when he took yeah, the decision. Exactly. In it, into his own hands of what he wanted to do with his career. Got a lot of criticism mm-hmm. uh, and formed what, like, I guess, one of the most famous super teams of all time. Um, yeah. More than that, you know, part of that was his team around him, his his boys from childhood that, uh, you know, were part of his core team that took this decision. They were called a posse. Um, mm-hmm. And pretty much they got a lot of criticism at that time. But since then till now, you can see you know, what LeBron was trying to do for his, his family, essentially, his, his, his boys and his community with how far they've come and what kind of businesses they've started, LRMR, uh, their agency as well. Uh, Springbook, I think, is uh, his, his media company, you know, and, yeah. um, and then the I Promise schools they've done back in Akron. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really remarkable, you know, you, you, you took a shine to LeBron at that time. That's probably when in my journey, because I, I, since LeBron was 14, I followed him. You know, I, I was always excited for him to come up. I loved him when he was a young player. But around them is when I, I actually soured on him a bit, you know, and I probably went along with the masses and just thought some of those same things that were said out there, you know, uh, since then, you know, that, you know, I've fallen back in love with LeBron's game through his whole fight with the Cavs and winning that title. It was just remarkable. I thought all the criticism he got in Miami when he choked against Dallas or whatever you want to say, um, he completely redeemed himself. Uh, I love the story of redemption and the fact that LeBron came and joined my, my team, the Lakers. Um, you know, I couldn't be happier and it's been great. But I'm going to let you get back to Saharanpur where yeah. we left you off. No, I, I mean, it's interesting you brought that up. I think that timing was kind of critical to my fandom of the NBA because the first season I ever saw was the 2010-11 season. So I be- my, the first team I was a fan of was the Heat. Because the, after watching that documentary, I, I, I basically started watching just to see LeBron. I was like, all right, what is this guy all about? And, and that's why I started watching the NBA, just to see LeBron. And at that time, the league pass was so cheap. It still is cheap in India. Uh, it's like, I don't know, it's like a thousand bucks a year or it's something. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It- it used to yeah. be it used to be a hundred and sixty hundred seventy dollars. Now this year, I spent ninety nine rupees a month, Nikhil. If you can believe that, that's why I love what the NBA is doing in India. They are making uh, serious efforts to make it the number 
three sport after football and cricket. And, um, you know, we just had the NBA India games this past year. It was truly amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see, you know, the continued growth of basketball in India and to see more and more players start to make it in the league. You know, it's going to be exciting times. Yeah. I mean, we're going to we're going to talk. I mean, towards the ending of this first episode, we'll sort of uh, come back to uh, the state of uh, like basketball in India. And Arjun has a unique perspective on that. And we'll tell you why. Uh, But uh, yeah, coming back to uh, that, like the fact that I that that's when I became a fan where I moved to this small town where I had nothing really to do. And I kind of lost interest in cricket. It was like. I feel like the IPL kind of had the opposite effect on me as growing up watching only the national team, basically Indian cricket. Uh, watching the IPL was just, I don't know, it was just, just too much. I, I just didn't enjoy it somehow. I saw three seasons of it and I just uh, got fried. So uh, I said, okay, I need another sport to become a fan of. And I kind of just like consciously picked basketball and the NBA just because I'd seen that film. And... So I started watching basically just to see LeBron. I didn't know who the players were. I didn't even I couldn't have named the 30 teams. Well, uh, I will say this, Nikhil. I remember those days very well because I was super super happy to have a new uh, a friend <laughs> with a new huge uh, voracious appetite for basketball. You were always yeah. talking to me about all the games the previous day, all the stars, exactly. who's who, this that whatever. And within six months, bro, you were like as good of a, as an expert, I have to say. I started just like uh, consuming uh, NBA content in in such an intense way in terms of just like reading. And I I literally had an Excel sheet where I made a list of like, okay, these are like the... So these are the so again my fandom unlike a lot of people in America who grew up watching the NBA they're typically from a city or a city close by and that's why they're fans of that team right like so if you yeah. were if you happened to be born in Chicago right in the 80s you were in great luck because the yeah. 90s were great for you right because you were a Bulls fan you got to have a justification uh, and and many people um say the Bulls was a Michael Jordan and honestly I can't necessarily, you know, take that away from them, you know. But the point is, whoever you pick, sure, you damn well better stick with them. That's my general hey, feeling. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Hey, if you if you were happy being a Bulls fan in the 90s, you better be happy being a Bulls fan like the next 25 years, you know. Yep. Because other than like, I mean, we can talk about like our opinions about things. Like I have very strong opinions on Derek Rose, for example. I do not like him, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, so whatever it might be. I, I feel like uh, because I became a fan in India where these cities were meaningless to me, what difference does it make to me whether it's Atlanta or LA or any of these places because they don't really mean anything to me. Uh, so what I became fan of was I was fans of just players that I like to watch. So very often if like, so I've been a Heat fan, I've been a Cavs fan, now I'm uh, and I know you're a big Lakers fan, yeah. but unfortunately a Lakers fan because I hated the Lakers for the longest time. Well, just welcome aboard the bandwagon, bro. <laughs> I, I know. But, you know, that's the crazy thing that I'm really, I'm the opposite of a bandwagon fan because I've, and by the way, my first ever season was 2010-11 where LeBron was like the favorite and lost in the finals. I feel like as a LeBron fan, it should have been a lot more easy being the a LeBron fan. It has not been easy. It has not been fun. I've had more heartache than not i've had to defend him unnecessarily so for like the last decade 
So I feel like, you know, that's where like, and like, so I always, at least in my head, I aim to have uh, like, there are three players. I tried to be systematic. I told you I kept an Excel sheet where I was like, okay, these are the players I like. So I'm going to watch these teams. And then I want to sort of just, I want to get to know the NBA well. So I watch teams of all 30 teams for like the first like couple of years. Now I don't do that anymore. You know, you won't catch me. Yeah, you're crazy, bro. But Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I had I to do it just to it. get to know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had to do it just to get to know the league better. Like, now, like if Knicks are playing the Suns, I'm not going to watch that. Shit, you know, but uh, I feel like at this time, at that time, I really wanted to get to know the game well. And so I saw I saw as many games as I could. Uh, but at any point in time, I have three players that I like. So it just so happens that the three players I followed for the longest time, two of them have retired now because... And both of them were Spurs. So, like, my two favorite players of all time, not named LeBron, are Manu Ginobili mm-hmm. and Tim Duncan. I was just like, I love the Spurs. If I ever say that there was a team that I did follow, a team that I was a fan of, it has to be the Spurs. Uh, I have an interesting history with the Warriors as well. Uh, but we can get to that at some other point. Yeah. Uh, I'm the I'm I'm the anti bandwagon with the Warriors. I was a fan till they became good. Oh man, uh, don't even start with that with me. My whole thing is like you can love many teams. You have to have one team who is your team at any given time. I'm all about your player thing. You know, it makes complete sense. If you don't have a city that you should have a, an affinity for, pick a player. Team. Support. It's just enjoy the sport. Team. Don't be a hater. Enjoy what you enjoy. But when you say this is my guy or this is my team, you know, you can enjoy other teams. But the moment that they become a a threat and they become better than your team, you cannot cheer for them anymore. And that's where I am with the Warriors. You know, I'm right now in the Bay Area recording this, uh, FYI, as you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And, you know, I've spent a lot of time of my life here in the Bay Area. I'm wearing a Warriors hat right now when I go and play golf. You know, I have nothing against the Warriors. (laughs) Right now, but next Boo. year, next year probably I'm not going to be on that uh, Warriors uh, bandwagon or supporting them in any way because I think they're going to make a quick uh, bounce back. You know, the thing is, the moment they become good, you can't cheer for them. The same thing happened with Sacramento in the early 2000s. I used to love watching that team with C Web and with Vade, yeah. Peja, Mike Bibby, yeah. or White Chocolate Great before team. then. They were just yeah. super, super fun. Bobby Jackson and Everybody, man, it had it was an awesome team to watch. The moment they stepped to the Lakers and they were pushing us to seven games, I hated their. Oh guts. yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, I feel like the Lakers dodged a bullet with them. Which year was that? Was that the first time around? Was it two thousand, two thousand one? Where they, Lakers game, weren't even game like the six of like two thousand and two playoffs or something. Where they say there's so many conspiracy theories about the that game. I had to give the Lakers the game. So, anyways, yeah, let's not go there. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, We're not yeah, challenging not any Lakers it, but... rings here. All right, on this podcast. All right. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't plan to do that. Uh, uh, though, I mean, stay I, in your lane, not bro. All, yeah, not all rings are created equal. Though. Absolutely. I mean, to, on that note, yeah, what you yeah. said about LeBron, my thing is simple. You know, when I look in greatness, we'll get into this one day. And my whole thing with the like Jordan uh, Lebron uh, debate is Lebron may have been the best guy in the NBA throughout that entire stretch. Was the team he was on the best team that should have won the title for how many of those ten years? I don't know. So this I know this. Uh, yeah. So he was an he was so he made ten, he's made ten finals total mm-hmm. in his life. He made uh, was it nine in a row? 
eight in a row. I don't know what it was, but he's he made, made ten total. I think row. he just missed the That's last right. one, right? That's right. He he's made basically all the. No, no, he's three and no, no. Sorry, he's three and six now, right? He's three and six. So, so he's been a nine. Uh, so he made eight in a row. Nine, and he made one. Back, That's right. Back in the day with the Cavs. Oh seven. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and he had no business being in the finals in that one. Like None. the 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 Pistons were by far the favorites. And in fact, young LeBron. There's a reason why it's sort of like KD before he moved went to the Warriors, where he was like everyone loved him. He was like this. Yep. Like basketball savant. They love you till he, they hate you, bro. Exactly. Build and you up like to they, break you down, man. <laughs> Hey, but even the Cavs fans can't hate LeBron anymore. Like they have one title at City in the last like sixty years, and yep. it's because of him. So, uh, but and that's why he could leave like very casually the second time. Uh, but I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of uh, the I don't know. I mean, I I, I at least personally believe that uh, a lot of this hatred that LeBron got was kind of unnecessary because, and also I think people understate how awesome his those nine finals were just for the simple reason that he was the favorite in two out of those nine finals he was the favorite in 2011 and by the way one of the times he was the favorite he lost so that's like one of the big things against him where they said Jordan never had that he never Jordan never had a finals where he choked okay. yeah uh, basically. But, but then you're like but then you're penalizing LeBron for making the finals, right? I think like, you also have saying, to look oh. at another factor here is that that team, as great as the players were, uh, the reason why they were still like in the finals four years in a row is because LeBron and Dwayne Wade were two of, of the best 10 players of my lifetime, I feel. I think that's fair yeah. to say. And with that being said, uh, they're exceptional, but their skills are not complementary. They both do no, the same they thing. They have to learn to work together. Extremely well yeah. offensively. And neither of them, at that point in their career, was a consistent catch-and-shoot threat. Even now, LeBron is less of a catch-and-shoot. He's, he's gotten pretty good at it, but he can create off the, the dribble and pull up and hit threes. He's he's not a consistent knockdown three-point shooter. And even if he was... Not a three-point shooter, a but he was... not a role that you want him playing where he's just basically is stretching the D while Dwayne Wade attacks. So they had a lot of my turn, your turn. And Wade, being yeah. the established player in Miami, pretty much, you know, took took the lead. LeBron's problem yeah. was he was willing to give someone yeah. else the chance to take the lead. And that's always been Absolutely. the criticism that he gets, you know. And you know but, what? I mean, the story's how, not written how in a day. You... you know, you can't sum up someone by one series, in my opinion. I don't understand why people criticize him for that. Oh, he let Kyrie have the, the that big shot in 2016. I think that's his greatness. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, like, in all likelihood, if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be number one on all-time points scored, all-time in the NBA. Absolutely. And even and at the end of that, even with being number one all-time, that's not the best part of his game. He's, going, he's, only, he's already the only person all-time top 10 in assists and points, right? Yep. I mean, he, he's inherently a playmaker first. I mean, you can go all the way back to that same documentary that we mentioned where... He was so proud of just creating for his team members, right? I mean, dude, you and I can be on a... Like, if you put two of my, my favorite coach and my favorite player on a team with you and me, just like just LeBron on the court with you and me and Popovich coaching us, like, <laughs> whatever we do best, they will maximize it and we'll probably reach the finals in the East. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, I feel like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he gets a lot of... Uh, 
undue. It's amazing how much hatred this man gets. But yeah. I feel like that's also a way to show respect, right? You like, know what else to kill? Don't Here's hate. what I have to say, right? You know, Jordan, when he finally found success, he had the team around him that made him... I mean, that allowed him to be him as effectively as yep. he could be. And those guys were complimentary around him. LeBron James can make anybody a complimentary player and make everybody, anybody have like efficient seasons as efficient as they will have in their career because he will find a way to make it work with you. And honestly, for me, I've been so excited about him coming to the Lakers because this is the first time in his career he has had a bona fide alley-oop lob threat. Name Mm -hmm. one legitimate quick twitch center he's had before JaVale McGee now, now Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Birdman! Birdman. And how much did this game? Not. I don't even I, know. Did they play I'm together? Joking. Hardly. Like, they, whatever I'm, it was, I'm, no. Big Zeal joking. was like, playing 30 minutes a game with LeBron yeah. James. Chris Bosh was playing with LeBron James and Joel Anthony. I mean, I feel like Tristan, I feel like Tristan Thompson was a, like, they had good Tristan chemistry. Tristan Thompson uh, managed to get some alley-oops. And so, the point is, he is not, look at what uh, LeBron is averaging in assists I mean, right now. Because that threat, you can't compare it to AD. Threat, no, the three-dimensional threat yeah. that happens when LeBron attacks the basket now, when you have these springy athletes, is something that yeah. um, you know he's never had, and it, it's allowing him to age gracefully and not necessarily need to score as much because and, he's got these other options. You know, also no disrespect to Wade or Kyrie, though whatever Kyrie, I'm not a, I think he's <laughs> super overrated, uh, but uh, like. Uh, no, no offense to any of these people. Or who was his best team member in the first couple of years of the Cavs? Shaq. <laughs> old Shaq. Maybe he, old Shaq. Shaq yeah. is the best player yeah. LeBron's ever played with. Just unfortunately, Shaq was not that Shaq is... anymore. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Oh, you mean like uh, at yeah, his yeah, prime? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, Shaq is the best player that he's uh, ever played with. I don't know. Did uh, LeBron ever play with like AI? I mean, I'm not saying AI is better than Shaq, <laughs> but like I'm just wondering. No, uh, no, probably not. Yeah. But I feel like AD is probably the best, like, player he's had on his team. See, like, Nikhil, for me, if you look at the NBA right now, before KD got injured, KD was the number one building block in the NBA. If you could have any asset out there, for me, it was KD. Now that's me too. that's a question mark. And uh, the new generation has someone stepped up. Gian- okay, so it's Giannis and then it's AD for me. The best two assets I mean, I- to have in the NBA if you could lock up on a contract and build around that player for the next five, yeah. seven, ten years. These are the guys. AD. I agree. AD is the crown jewel right now of the NBA. And we need to lock him up real quick as soon as that free agency is. <laughs> hey, LeBron. LeBron's going to play till he's on the same team with his son okay so uh that's gonna happen yeah it's gonna be amazing uh seeing uh lebron senior and junior though he's you know by the way he said that he hates that he gave him his name i heard that Uh, i heard that yeah but there's also little little bryce maximus coming along chugging along three years further down the line (laughs) lebron can hold it out till he's 45 let's do it lebron run it back Hey, I think the way he takes care of his body, he could play to like 50 and still be like on a... I don't know. Do you think... Would you start a 47-year-old LeBron? Probably not. A 47-year-old LeBron could be better than a (laughs) 35-year-old Magic Johnson. That's all I know. When Magic came back, he was out of shape. He wasn't moving at all, but he still was effective. 
LeBron James uh, could be a power forward or probably the way the NBA is going. He'll be your center. Be center. He'll be your starting center <laughs> the way the NBA. You, you see what's happening right now? Uh, Rudy Gay is playing center now for uh, for the Spurs. A lot of the minutes. Even, DeMar DeRozan is playing uh, power forward, man. It's uh, He played power forward in their last lineup. This, is, this lineup. 2020 is the real twilight zone, I tell you. And it's it's, it's definitely oh, yeah. even trickle down in Have the NBA. Have you seen the Rockets? Like, PJ Tucker is their center. <laughs> Have you seen so. Denver with uh, uh, Bol Bol playing like small forward and Jokic playing point guard? in the preseason <laughs> i don't know what hey, is happening is what's going if, on in the the heads of these people but i love it i am all for non-traditional lineups and trying to figure out a way to get a couple more better points per 100 possessions or whatever you what have you yeah i mean uh, all right i think we need to be a little bit more disciplined now let's yes, move on yes. i think in terms of Too my history, digressions. you guys know yeah you guys know everything you need to know about me. Maybe the only other thing I would add is other than my extreme LeBron fandom because he got me into the game and my love for uh, Manu and Duncan uh, and Pop, who I love to pieces. Uh, and that's why like, like losing in 2014... And even LeBron winning in 2013, they weren't like, they were very, both were very bittersweet for me, you know, where mm. I didn't feel bad in either year, you know, mm. like uh, it was kind of, I love thumping the thunder. That was really nice. That <laughs> 2012, and that's like peak LeBron to me, I think. 2011, 12 LeBron is maybe peak. I think that was his peak. I mean, who knows, dude? He's maybe maybe speaking now. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's like, just he's had just such like a, a machine of greatness. You know, it's hard to say. But absolutely, those years when he was shooting like almost sixty percent from the field, mm-hmm. like uh, that was pretty insane. Yeah, and so uh, now that I uh, I have I moved to I moved to America in two thousand and sixteen, Michigan State. From... That's right. What what? Let's go, uh, Spartans. So, yeah, go green. Uh, so. Basically, yeah, I moved for my PhD to uh, uh, East Lansing, Michigan, which I think no one had ever heard of uh, in or around <laughs> in my whole life before I moved here. Uh, all I knew was that this was the college that Magic Johnson went to. Uh, you guys but, have a great basketball tradition, headed by an amazing coach, team. Tom Izzo. Great. Honestly, yeah, I would love Hall to be there. What what is the uh, atmosphere like? Actually, why don't you talk a little bit about like? Uh, Oh man, like I, I feel like, you know, that's the one thing I have to say is different between India and America. It's only after you come here that you truly, like we have it with cricket for sure. You know, like I've gone and seen Indian cricket matches, but dude, like Americans will go nuts for like a high school basketball game. <laughs> you know, like they'll they'll go nuts for young kids playing baseball. They'll go nuts for... A young kid wrestling. Any sport at any age, at any level, they give it almost as much intensity and love. It's like such a sports-loving country. Americans are great fans. Absolutely. They love to cheer and get worked up. Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, definitely it's college sports is like so much bigger than the professional sports. Something I didn't realize before I came here that... More people watch college basketball than the NBA. Like March Madness, there are more people who watch March Madness than the NBA Finals, which is crazy to me. Because I mean, I have a I don't I don't know if it's a hot take on like a podcast where we talk about the NBA, but majority of the people in by the way, I just like I struggled my whole life in India. I woke up. You were talking about waking up. I woke up at four thirty in the morning for almost a decade to watch like all the playoff games I'd watch the other stuff later but mm. playoffs I would want to watch live so I don't have spoilers uh, 
you know like i've but i i i mean we talk on the phone once in a while but other than you i didn't know anyone else in india who watched the nba like i had like a couple of friends who if they had like her at that time you know like in 2013 if they had even like randomly heard like chris bosh's name i'd be like really impressed <laughs> so uh you know it was just so rare to find someone who, to talk like ball with you know and i, I said you, oh bro. yes i'm finally moving to america i'm going to be able to talk everyone will be watching the nba dude i've come to michigan no one watches the nba okay like <laughs> they're either fans of hockey or they're fans of college sports you know so they'll watch college football or like american football or college basketball so everyone's like oh i'll far prefer college basketball to the nba i was like why and i'll tell you why it is more exciting because everyone is equally bad you know so yes. everyone like the gameplay is so garbage you know like and every, just it's kids, a bunch man. of college I mean, students you have yeah. to understand the psyche here as well you know exactly. the pressures and all that and in college basketball the craziest craziest stuff can happen the comebacks and just the atmosphere hey, i'm sure you've been to a few games right in oh more than a few i've been to I've been to 20 plus games now because there are two faculty in my department in my uh, who have season tickets so any game they can't go for then they'll just normally send out an email to all the students saying hey first come first serve whoever emails back these tickets are yours and I'm normally the first to email back Amazing. and so I've nabbed like quite a few and one of them has really nice seats so I've seen a couple where nice enough to catch like t-shirts from the t-shirt cannon you know what i mean that's like that's a nice uh, seat cuz it's close enough how close I mean, to the cheerleaders so you you know you can't be at the bottom because the the bottom seats are all filled with undergrads all wearing the same t-shirt they all know what to do Got you know it. they have like the same hand movements mm-hmm. and they know the same chants and you know it's like kind of like a cult but uh, <laughs> like a uh, quite a benign cult uh, where you know like like they'll do like really mean things where i've seen where uh, they've been and these are young college students okay so like an 18 year old will take a shot and like it'll, and he'll airball it for the rest of the game every time he touches the ball the crowd screams airball oh. airball it's so brutal okay it's so brutal like there's just a brutal crowd yes uh, but really fun to watch and we've been good like last year michigan state in the uh, elite 8 uh we beat zion to reach the final four like duke and zion crazy. like that was like oh it came down to the wire cassius winston who, who by the way uh has been in a class that i taught i mean i ran an experiment in which he was in the room uh oh, i'm a psychologist psychologist in training so he was he came to lab and he <laughs> took part in my experiment uh, <laughs> but he he's he's going to be in the draft this year i think he'll go second round like all other michigan state people uh I mean Jayan Jackson Jr did well. Uh yeah, Miles Bridges J. also went I think. Yeah, Trey is my fave. That's why I love Memphis. They're up and coming young team. Yeah. Uh All right, so that's where I am. I'm in rural Michigan. Uh that's where I'm finishing up my PhD. Uh Arjun's finally joined me. Uh he's been in Bombay for a long time. He's joined me in stateside. Now he's on the West Coast, so we only have a 3 hour gap now. Yeah. Uh, All right so I think we should just move on now that we've ex- uh, explained this and I think our viewers now have like or viewers or, like <laughs> listeners uh listeners uh, uh probably have a sense for 
what this podcast is going to be like. You know, it's going to be like free flowing. It's the conversation I wish I could have every day with like someone who cares as much about this sport as me. Likewise, uh, bro. And, right back at you. Yeah, and could not have picked anyone better than Arjun. Uh, we met uh, like at a like I said, like he literally like in like showed me the film that got me into the sport. Uh, and uh, and we'll come back at the end of the uh, of the episode to talk about uh, what he's been doing in India because he's been doing some really cool stuff uh, basketball related in India. Uh, but before that. Let's get like some actual uh, NBA stuff in. Uh, NBA is back. What? What? That's awesome. And uh, so they've entered the Walt Disney bubble. It's, uh, so crazy to even say that. It's such a crazy world. It's such a crazy. Everything is so crazy. Uh, so Arjun, uh, off the top of your head, uh, what are your thoughts on the bubble? Uh, what are you excited about in the bubble? uh let's just start with that yeah so my uh thoughts come back to first uh that the nba is just um getting things done you know we're looking if you're a fan of other sports as well in the states um it's an issue now with baseball and both the nfl uh nfl is now starting to get some cases baseball has had a huge contamination issue and spread Mm -hmm. so they've all tried to do it different ways without the bubble so once, uh, I mean, as usual, the NBA gets it right. You know, uh, I love supporting the NBA because I feel like they're always at the forefront uh, of doing things mm-hmm. the right way and making the right decisions, being socially responsible um, and really, you know, set, set a great example for other leagues to aspire to. We've been in the good hands of David Stern and, and now Adam Silver, who um, hey, huge props to Adam Silver. I huge. Think he's amazing you know yeah, he's great most of these leaders of these uh sports uh organizations and associations you don't have any respect for from you know u.s gymnastics to sep ladder at fifa to you know or like roger goodell exactly. i mean he's one of the worst human beings on the planet and paul so, manafort um, in in baseball now yeah. like you know they're just yeah. hiding away not confronting the issues adam silver you put a mic in front of you he will speak about the issue in an intelligible manner and he's a perfect, uh, you know, face for the NBA. So first off, I just want to say hats off to the NBA for what they've done. Um, I'm Agreed. just in shock at the numbers, you know, that how since, you know, the initial um, introduction of all the players to the bubble, they haven't had a single positive test in close to two weeks. So it's touch bonkers, wood. Yeah. Let's not jinx it. But, um, yeah, you know, there may be hope for the games to actually happen. You know, I think everyone. Not was, even with the, not even with the Lou Williams, uh, strip like club strip game. club. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not even with that. You know, like we, they've been zero positive cases. That's amazing, and they've been taking it really seriously. As have the journalists. You know, right? to like, be so fair though, I've been follow. reading up on that as much. I don't, you know, I enjoy my trash uh, reads as much as uh, the next guy, <laughs> especially when it comes to my favorite sport. And Lou actually. I didn't even get a lap dance, from what I understand. The, this, the, the, no, he likes the chicken The dancer wings. in question... Also, No, no, there's a dancer who's now come out and said that he's not as innocent as he claims, that he did get dances done, but it, no. was, it was a social distancing dance, you know? So well, <laughs> I think we've got to cut Lou a break here. I mean, from everything I hear about Lou is he's one of the OG, like, party, you know, like, he... Um, <laughs> Work hard, play hard, but bring it every day on the court. So if he's Look, back at home and he's going to a strip club, 
that has wings named after him and he's not even getting a physical lap dance you gotta let him back in and today as i, I think I, I think i saw him on the court today yo so i think the nba is giving cutting lou a break for once hey look i i personally i'm i'm a big lou will fan uh don't get me wrong in fact you know like i was just saying you know like the amount of disrespect lebron gets and the amount of hate he gets i think this is how you show respect in sports is through hating like <laughs> i don't hate nerlens noel yeah. he doesn't scare me right yep. but i i hate james harden okay like i just do you have to uh, he also has an ug- ugly game yeah. but yeah. yeah but i know that he's like i feel like when every time i face the rockets you know i know that they're a threat right i hate kawai i hate and i didn't hate pg when he was at in indiana even though he kept facing the you know the heat at mm-hmm. that time and they were like great battles indiana never scared me i never thought lebron was going to lose to indiana all right like even yeah. when they went to game 7 i never was scared but kawai and the clippers genuinely scared me so you see that i agree right? with like, you paul george is you could just enjoy him because paul george is cute Paul George is a great player but he was on a team that wasn't that great and he's not that great that he's going to carry a team all on his own. So does he Couldn't does he do it does even he qualify with Russ last year? Hateworthy? He's not hateworthy. I hear you. You know no. the true superstars out there, they're hateworthy. And he broke his leg. He has sympathy and like respect, respect. And and he's great. Like, I love his game. Deep. I would he, he he's tough. I would say he's a top 15 guy in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, great. For me, he's so good. Amongst wings right now, there's not many better than Paul George. I mean, I'd put LeBron, Giannis, yep. Kawhi. Is there anyone else I'd put over him? Oh, on the wing. It's a short list, man. I don't know much beyond that, you know. I would take even Siakam over him, but I have a huge see, Siakam bias. Giannis <laughs> and Siakam, like now we're just calling hey, anybody a wing. Hey, Giannis is definitely better. The question is this, if you're going to say oh, it's a wing, Like would that person like kind of I mean would you put them on your biggest guy unlikely you know Okay I, so this is how I this is how I define it you and I were in the same fantasy league for 3 years Yeah uh it, you know how they define like they they divide everything into like guards wings and centers sure. right that's so so to me wings are small forwards and power forwards okay so that's who i or maybe shooting guards Bro, and small forwards it's got to be shooting guards and small forwards <laughs> when you traditionally right, a, when you traditionally bring the ball up 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 the court you have a guy on the left you have it's a guy a shooting on the right and small forward and then you would have two big guys in the middle now the spacing but, is completely warped this whole equation but siakam would have been a small forward like for basically all of nba history except like the last like 5 years right so he would I have been like... a power forward i feel maybe now the thing is these, maybe these guys are being allowed to control the ball in their hands so much yesterday uh and uh, anthony davis hit a dagger step back behind through the legs step back three Ridiculous. and one Followed Play. by Beautiful. Rudy Gobert. The kind of shots that these guys are being allowed to take and the freedom that they've been given to play is crazy. And I love it. It just, you know, that that was the thing growing up. People never wanted to be a post player because you weren't allowed to, to dribble the ball and do skilled, skilled things. So it's great to see the, the, the way the game has evolved. Although a part of me being a purist, you know, like we're all grumpy old men at times, wants to see the things <laughs> that I grew up watching in the 90s. But... You know, let's see. It, it, there's everything cyclical, right? You know, people will always see I am 
I'm really happy I missed 90s basketball. Or I mean, like I can and I and and you know which is why, like when I hear like the last Dance, Simmons, no? okay, you didn't enjoy like, that. First of all, we can. I really enjoyed it. I think yeah. it was a great documentary, and it kind of validated a lot of the things I had. But the basketball was junk. MJ, <laughs> dude, it was it was absolute trash. Okay, like yes. let's be honest, the quality of play is just so much better right now. I feel you. I mean, I feel you. a bunch of mid range jumpers, like. I don't know. Like, I personally think a bunch of mid-range jumpers are just uh, much more... I mean, that's basically what it was. No, I mean, you had Reggie Miller shooting three-pointers. Well, you're talking know. about Pop right now as your favorite coach. And he will take, obviously, the three. But he's also about, you know, good mid-range shots. And so right now, right. My, my gripe with basketball, like the Rockets, is them shooting 73-pointers in a night. I don't I don't enjoy it. You know, it's, it's gimmicky. I agree me. with you. So, I it miss is. a little and bit think... more traditional basketball. That's my two cents. But we're deviating. Let's get we back. We are deviating. Yes. Let's get back right. to the bubble, right? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so what are the... Let's start with like just a couple of things you're kind of excited for now that ball is back. Uh, what is it that you're excited about? So for me, this time of year, um, when the season is winding down, usually is like when the young players have really gotten a sense for and gotten a feel for the NBA. So mm-hmm. I always enjoy seeing who closes the year out like strong because that's like mm-hmm. a, you know, a harbinger of things to come and really to see uh, how they how they step up into the playoffs. You know, uh, I guess for me, I have this obsession with who's next, you know, so I'm excited to see the young players back out there. So obviously, I, I agree with you. Uh, and I think it's especially exciting this year because we have quite a nice rookie crop, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at least at the top, it's... I know it was a little top-heavy, but, like, I think both Ja and Zion are are amazingly exciting. Uh, I think both those teams as well, you know, like, uh, I feel are incredibly exciting young squads uh, with... I mean, you have Bi and Lonzo and Zion and even even role players who I find exciting on that team. I like Josh Hart. You know, like I Absolutely. think that whole uh, what's the uh, what's the center's name? Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Yeah, he, he's Jackson a good young Hayes. player. So good. I love yeah, watching I love, that I love team that kid. as well. You know, I mean, uh, they're it's fun got, to watch. It's yeah. got all my favorite young Laker players. You know, I love Bi Ball and Hart. <laughs> I wish we had. I mean, some might say it's sacrilegious, but I wish we'd given Kuzma and found a way to keep uh, Ingram somehow, you know? You know what? I I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, of course, I think B.I. is going to win most improved this year, and I think he's had a phenomenal season. But, uh, dude, at least I I think Kuzma has been super overrated. I I was he's in so the same streaky. opinion as you. He's so streaky. I was like, yeah, I was like, why did they keep him? And in my head, I'm like, oh, they didn't keep him. I don't think they wanted him, you know? And I feel like that's Maybe. okay. I mean, but, we got AD. But I can't complain. He just lit it up. Not only that, 40. but have you seen, but I have you seen Kuz the last like three games in the bubble? He's been playing D. He's yeah. shooting. I mean, he's, he's shooting all right. He's being streaky as he normally is with his shooting. But his defense has really picked up. I've been really impressed. You know, with I actually wish we had started defense. him just because, you know, he can score thirty. He he, if he's on for that night, there's no reason why he shouldn't have thirty-five minutes. And uh, he could be a consistent third, you, third scorer. Who would you drop? You would you drop KCP? Well, right now, what are we going with? We're, we're playing uh, Javel. 
AD, LeBron, KCP, KCP and and um, what's his name? Um, we were playing Avery Bradley, but he's gone now. No, and he was he was no uh, Danny Green, Danny Green, Danny Green. Yeah, I would drop KCP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think KCP's had a has a had has had like a quietly had a really nice underrated season for us. I think KCP I think, uh, is just a piece that you put in and take out, and he's gonna do what he does. He's tough. I like him. He's not an X factor. Like we need um, Kuzma to be playing well. I think. To, to but I don't. I I actually think Kuzma is great coming off the bench because otherwise the Lakers have like quite a. Uh, you know what? They don't have a great bench. Fair enough. You know they need someone to anchor the bench. I mean, who else do you have coming off the bench? You have Quinn Cook. Yeah. I mean, oh, you have you. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Caruso. Dude, I'm AC a smooth. Dude. I was just gonna say. Yeah. Dude, Caruso is. I mean, he's got a cult following now, so mm-hmm. it's not even like it's almost uh, bandwagony to say you like Caruso now. But I feel like he's he's great. I mean, I feel like I I really wish he took more shots. I think he's always like looking to create. He plays great D, but I think he's a little ball shy. I really you wish know, he takes I'm, more shots. I'm fine shots. with I'm fine with his level of assertiveness because he takes all his shots are good shots. He, could yeah, could he yeah. take a few more? Yeah, but everything he gives us is great. His plus-minus stats with LeBron are out of control. Fab. LeBron just, yeah. like, loves him some AC smooth. You know, they got their chemistry on on. <laughs> They're both yeah. unnaturally balding. Like, it's a good yes, scene. Yes, they, they, they share their uh, hair care, uh, you know, plans. So, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie going on there. So, you know, honestly, like, for me, Lakers' first time in, in five years um, to make the playoffs... Uh, I mean, after a five-year hiatus, they're the first team to be the number one seed after five years of not being in the playoffs. Oh, ever. So that's yeah, got to yeah. be the number one thing I'm excited about, you know, and the young players sure. and just having basketball back, man. I- I'm actually really uh, excited, like, in the same vein also about the Grizzlies. Uh, of course, like, you, I think, listeners of the podcast will soon see that I do have a... a a uh, uh, bias for Michigan State players, uh, uh, and I think, but I really believe Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja are the most exciting duo, like young duo in the league. I mean, who else would, who would you say would be as exciting? Uh, Booker and Aiton? No. no. Uh, Zion and Bi? Maybe. Uh, Zion and I mean, Lonzo could become something. I mean, who knows? Maybe. I mean, they have, they have three. They have, they have some good young players. And and but as and a duo, count, absolutely, the, the, those two stand and out. Is is Cat still young? Probably not. Of the like, is D Cat and D'Angelo? I don't know. Right. Cat, so I don't I'm know. over Cat. Cat is just not a dog. <laughs> Forgive the play on words. I, I don't know. He's he's just not. I mean, he doesn't have, have that dog in him. <laughs> you know, he's just too soft, in my opinion. He doesn't want to I win mean, enough. You see, you see what AD did yesterday. The way that he, he approached the game yeah. is they wanted to bounce yeah. back win. They wanted to send a statement. And from the moment the game started, he was just like, "Give me the ball." Every moment, and he it, had it takes a... that attention to detail to like constantly be fighting for the edge. Cat is like Dwight, where he's happy he got his numbers. Yeah. As long as you don't blame me, mm. I got a good stat line. You have to be engaged throughout the very game. Very happy, very happy staying on a bad team. You see how Dwayne Wade, LeBron, you know, it's Chris Paul, like his teammates hate him or he wears on them after a few years because he is constantly chirping and is on every single possession. I mean, uh, I mean, I won't lie to you. Like there are players who 
you know there are players who you hate so much and you wish they were on your team you know that's a good player when you feel like oh i wish they played for us like marcus smart <laughs> like i would do anything to have oh. marcus smart on my team you know i love and and i hate the celtics so it's like so upsetting to me you know because i hate them i hate uh pat beverly he's the guy i hate that's the NBA. other guy uh, i would love to have pat beverly but i don't even team. want him because i know he just can't shoot that well that's true. i would get but frustrated marcus for all can, his threes that he missed. marcus smart is so good yeah. he's so good did you see the game he just had he had a big game Marcus Smart makes five X Factor plays a game. Yeah, well, and you know? and if he has like a game like he did where he was like shooting the three ball lights out, he's dude. He's so good. He like he like uh, he hit twelve threes in a game this year. Jesus, like so good, so good. I I'm a big Marcus Smart fan. What are the other big games that have happened? You know his assist to turnover ratio is like five to one as well. Is that right? He is just killing it. He's so Believe good. Me, you know, I'm. I had him in fantasy. You know, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I always, I've all every ever since I've seen him, he is always like, you know, there are these guys who I kind of hate because I wish they were on my team. You know, like for a long mm-hmm. time I felt that way about Al Horford. I think he's great, super awesome. I'm a big Horford yeah. fan. You know, like super underrated. But now he's gotten he's, pretty... He's just in a bad uh, situation. I don't think Philly was ever going to be a good fit for him. You know, like... See, the point is, Joel Embiid is playing 30-plus minutes a game. And Al Horford cannot play next to Joel exactly. Embiid right now. At this this current version of Al cannot. Horford is not quick enough with his feet. He's he's too old and rigid. He he can't be a power He can play with Ben. In today's NBA. He can play with Ben, but he can't play with Embiid. Yeah. And so he was a... I mean, he can play the center. And yeah. they're paying him so much Embiid money. Embiid is the center. You know, like, they should just... That was just a really bad move. I don't know what made they them They should feel... have kept Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, Jimmy Buckets absolutely. was a huge loss. <laughs> but he's the another... is just a gangster. <laughs> he's another fighter cog, dude. He fights with everyone. <laughs> He yeah, that's why they let him go. I swear. <laughs> well, actually, he left on his own. He left on his he own. He just didn't want to deal with big with with Ben and Ben like not not bringing it, man. He couldn't deal with Ben. Dude, anyone who refuses to even attempt a three point, I have no respect for. Even though I love Ben Simmons, I love his game. I think he's cool. Uh, Where has he gone from being like the crown jewel of the young? Like people were talking about him still good, Giannis bro. as like no. the best young player in the NBA. He uh, was on the in the Giannis conversation, and now. You're like, can you even win with Ben? No, we were yeah watching the game yesterday. Hey, he first was on of all, the bench in the first of all, Giannis, Giannis hasn't won anything yet. Okay, so let's not say anything. All right, so I feel like he had the best record in the East even last year. He didn't. He didn't even make the finals. Okay, so I, let me just say he like. And he didn't even face the Sixers. Like the Raptors had to beat the Sixers. Okay, so I'm just saying that. I feel like Ben Simmons is really good. Okay, I think he's a phenomenal defender. I think he'll be first team all defense at the guard position. He's a he has his court vision is otherworldly. He's like LeBron, and that's like I don't think I can give a bigger compliment than that in terms of just his uh, like. But I think he's just also I think he shoots with the wrong hand. So like I just think uh, he switched. Yeah, he switched uh, hands when he was uh, growing up. I think right. Stupid. Like you can clearly tell that he's uncomfortable shooting does he shoot righty lefty I don't know whatever he does he should be doing the other I way I think he shoots free throws left but he shoots all drives right or some some nonsense yeah like that. there's some clearly something he's, is he's off. got some confusion going on yeah <laughs> like Markel you know, it, it really is a shame <laughs> yeah I, I really feel uh, bad just because I was super excited about Philly as a team even with Fultz who I'm glad is now becoming a bit of a player in Orlando he's a bust he's a bust you know, I, I'm just afraid we're, we're we're wasting prime Joel Embiid years, and with guys who are over seven feet, 
you don't know how long their careers are going to last yeah, in that, yeah. you know, prime. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking forward to seeing Ben have a team of his own. It may not even be a team of his own. He may be the Draymond on a team I think, where he could just be himself. Dude, you know? I think really... Like, like for example, this is a future team I would love to see. I'd love to see him with uh, our boy in Phoenix, Devin Booker. I totally because agree. Booker can be himself. Yeah. Booker can be himself. And uh, Ben could just be like a... All world X Factor. Or, or like, I think he'd fit really well with like KD. You know, like, I think, you know, someone who doesn't well, need to come be... come on, anyone fits with KD. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, and you don't you don't want to have someone super ball dominant. So I wouldn't want to put him with like Trey Young, even though Trey Young is a great shooter. You know, so yeah. you should think about Ben Simmons like you think about LeBron. You know, where you want shooters around him and you want him being the point guard. Okay, that's what you want. You want him handling and running the offense. See, I just think any team like, that the offensive identity is just shooters and he's like LeBron is not going to be competitive enough because LeBron can also create shots for himself, right? Like, sure, Ben will get in and get some layups and all that. That He that needs team, to stretch the need, floor you for You need sure. to have another threat. Yeah. There needs to be another threat who's going to like carry the team throughout stretches I mean, when Ben's not I mean, there. Yeah, so sure, LeBron shoots more threes than Ben Simmons does. and probably Maybe he could fit in on Toronto, for example, if you switched him and Siakam, for example. But Siakam can space the floor at least, you know? I feel like, I mean, LeBron wasn't really shooting the three ball in a really serious way. In when he was, I mean, he was doing it, but he wasn't shooting it well. He's barely shooting it well now, but at least now he has a little bit of volume on his side because everyone is shooting the three. But he basically had like a mean mid-range jumper. That's what he perfected in Miami where he was shooting at like 62%. You know, like he was just had this, he had his mid-range down. And of course, he also built a bit of a, you know, back to the basket uh post sort of uh, thing when he towards the ending of his time in Miami which he really did perfect it in the beginning time in his first stint in uh, second stint in Cleveland 2015 yeah actually on that note Nikhil you know LeBron used to shoot about five threes a game like any of these you know elite perimeter attackers but uh, in Miami, people used to always criticize LeBron prior to prior to then and saying like he didn't have a post game. In Miami, it wasn't necessarily so much of a post game. He did post up and get the ball attacked in the post. He just realized that I am the most dominant physical threat in the game. I'm sure Dwayne Wade reinforced that in his mind because Dwayne Wade would attack ruthlessly up to that point and even till the end of his career. And he just like uh, didn't compromise in his uh, shot quality, you know. So it's good to see he's back shooting the three again. But I don't know how Ben is going to lead a team, has, like be the main guy. Has Ben shot a three-pointer yet a in since or since the bubble started? I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to go and... Is there a way I can see? I'm going to go to basketball reference. He's such a guy. He should just start shooting the three. I mean, how hard can it be? I mean... Just, I mean, it's clearly a mental block. It's clearly a mental it, block. His coach is telling him to shoot it. Yeah, it's like something like the what they call the yips, right? Like where yeah, it's just something in his head. It's like Markel Fultz. <laughs> there are videos of Markel Fultz. Full yips. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He forgot how to shoot. He was just too nervous to shoot. <laughs> that I find that so hilarious. I know it's probably not something I should be laughing at, but yeah, that he just basically forgot how to do it. He went number one. Markel Fultz was number one, yeah. and he was a consensus number one. Uh, wh- was that the year that Philly actually 
traded up yes to get mark they traded with boston jason tatum oh. was yeah <laughs> wow worst decision maybe of all time no that's not true what was the uh actually i can't say odin over kd was because odin could have been good if he hadn't gotten hurt hindsight is 2020 but definitely the one thing that we're seeing uh time and again is that the guards are just proving to be more and more valuable these days yeah wing players Tatum's, i think are most uh yeah. valuable but yeah yeah well all right let's move on to i think the do you want to talk about rookies i think we've done a little bit of rookie talk uh talked a little bit about well i was just going to say some of the other things that have really stood out to me so far obviously ad had a huge game yesterday it's been tj warren has just been the mm. the bubble like beast right now yeah. he's like the you know the homecoming king of orlando right now i'm sure he doesn't buy a drink anywhere he goes right now with the uh, the way he just uh you know just been torching everyone in fact he put up a 50 spot on uh philly with uh i think i heard on another podcast that he was 8 for 9 when guarded by ben simmons wow. and hit like tw- 27 points on ben or 23 points on ben you know the one thing it, that it, always surprises nine me three pointers i believe that's crazy yeah. i'm going to look that up but the one thing that always surprises me whenever i think about tj warren is not i don't know if it's because of how he looks but or maybe it's because of like he just feels like he's been in the league for really long he's really young you know like yeah guess how old he is right now it feels like he's been in the league for like 8 years okay i'm going to guess 26 that's exactly correct arjun well done you know that's like yeah. uh uh so it's sort of like oh no i just got an update a live update in our first ever podcast uh uh Trey J Jan Jackson senior uh, junior is uh, out for the season torn meniscus oh no makes oh, with knee issues man yeah such a promising young player but it looks like you could just stick a fork in memphis now man because they're how, done but you know what they're done they're a, it's going to be fun to see ja the ja show yeah no and for sure and brandon clark brandon clark yeah, he's great He, he's great in any yeah. other year i think he would have been like uh, uh i would have had him fighting for rookie of the year honors is just uh is he a rookie wow he is, he I, is, I have he is, no idea he's a co rookie with ja they had a great draft dude memphis is so they've been drafting well you know i think they got uh treje also like pretty low like they got him like at 4 did he go 4 i think 4 yeah 4 yeah. the previous year i mean who who was oh his year was uh, aiton luka trey young and then him Yeah. So, so if it wasn't nice... for the job pick, it might have been nice to have picked uh, Trey Young instead, but Triple J is looking good. You can't no complaints, man. Shoot. Besides the foul He's... trouble, he just needs to get a little <laughs> bit more consistent with that. He and... used to foul out and, and... early. I mean, I've seen him play live here at uh MSU. I saw, I I went and saw like eight games that season. I I went for almost all the home games. So, nice. uh yeah, so I saw him and I saw Miles Bridges play for two years. He stayed two years. Uh but he's not done anything cuz <laughs> but he's a freak also man he's a super athletic explosive. freak yeah. yeah for sure like he's great yeah. he's i mean he was doing putback dunks and like off the backboard in game dunks like when he was in college it was uh, quite ridiculous but yeah we weren't very good before we got jan jackson junior and then we were the consensus number one 
they've been the number one seed in the country preseason now three years in a row like or one to three this year we were wow. number one preseason uh last year with 2020 covid or 2019 the covid the season that just stopped we started preseason as yeah. number one uh in the okay. a- ap rankings or the one the big rankings that they have and the year that we had miles bridges and and jaren jackson junior we were like favorites to win like obama fills up a march madness bracket and he had us winning it all you know like yeah. we were like the consensus favorite to win it all and we i think we lost in like we got uh, it was huge upset like we we lost in like the second round or something uh and even the year that's a shocker 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 yeah. really and then the year last year where we were not good we made it to the final four beating zion so they don't call it march madness for nothing eh dude don't talk to me about march madness it's the the tournament makes no sense like it's very <laughs> if you like stats and you and you think that first seed should have the highest probability of winning and the lowest seed shouldn't it will really bother you because that's not how that tournament is structured <laughs> uh all right let's move on to uh i think i want to i mean we could have uh do you want to talk a little bit about uh mvp uh ballot and criteria Absolutely. I'm open to chat about the MVP. Um for me this year, you know, like if I was an impartial voter, I feel like I had to give LeBron some respect because I mean, he's leading the NBA in points, I mean in assists. He's averaging over 25 points. If that was someone else, you know, we would be look giving it serious MVP consideration. Like I guess James Harden did it a couple of years ago, but it seemed like those stats were a little bit hollow. Efficiency wasn't there. LeBron's doing it, averaging upwards of eight boards a game. They're first by a wide margin in the West, which is by far the more competitive com- uh, conference. I mean, I gotta give it up to Giannis. What they're doing in the East is remarkable. His stat line is unparalleled. There's always a degree of narrative that plays a role. So for me. I think that the better narratives with LeBron and frankly he's been shortchanged a few times in the past so he would be a top my ballot Giannis would be second and third for me I I like Luka this year but I don't know if he he quite deserves it um the thing is with Houston it's kind of a a toss up you know between the two of them uh Russell's been superb since uh since the the trade of capella and um harden harden's Russ already has one mvp he didn't deserve so we shouldn't definitely give I him agree. another I one agree. So. <laughs> so i don't even want to talk about them for me like probably should be 5 7 10 whatever on the list but i want to throw some love towards my boy cp3 for what he's doing in oklahoma city Solid. for a team a team that lost both paul george and russell westbrook and is doing better and might finish as high as third in the west i think is completely um unbelievable so i could not uh, fault that, you for that. Yeah, that that that's my ballot that's a nice yeah. i i like i like the that top 3 uh i'm a huge huge chris paul fan i love chris paul i know he's like a horrible teammate and i <laughs> i know that he has that little man complex where he feels like he needs to sort of assert himself you know because of that but he's just getting more aggravating aggravating i'm horrible, sure he's you know? annoying as yeah. hell to be around but man 
that dude is he's my favorite point guard of all time and i will fight i i guess i pick him over magic yes i pick him over steph yes i pick him over stockton wow. i love it because he is you know, he's this is some shocking stuff right it now. is a hot take <laughs> i know it's a super hot take but it's a preference right like i mean i also told yeah. you my second favorite player of all time is manu ginobili like no that's not you know so i feel like this is a preference i'm not telling i'm not saying he's uh, like if i had to pick like the greatest player of all time at all five positions would i put him at point guard no that would probably go to magic or steph right i don't know one of them and i feel mm. like uh but for me he's my favorite point guard of all time because he's like a true point guard like he he's like a very reliable shooter like he's a phenomenal defender for someone who's like 5-11 you know he's made more for me he he's he's a he's a more of a point than staff you know absolutely uh, another podcast I'll get into my whole story with uh, CP3 and like you know why I love him so much but um you know I I just feel like he's done dirty where everyone acts like he's the biggest loser out there because he's not had the playoff success But you he, know what sometimes he had a you MVP, can only play you could only play the hand you're dealt in the end of the day you know and, and he had an MVP stolen he had an MVP stolen from him he had his trade to the Lakers stolen from him he's had yep. some really bad luck uh you know just uh but at the same time I have to say he's like he hasn't done what I mean it's the same same thing you can I mean Melo didn't even make the playoffs but the one thing you can say about like that whole banana boat crew like lebron like when it came to the playoffs he was not a choker would he made it to the finals every time like cp is cp3 is not even made a conference final did they make a conference See, final last year i think year? the the thing is it's it's are you going to try and put cp3 on the same level as lebron and i wouldn't and if you look at even jordan did he carry all those teams to the finals before he got no, he his right sidekicks he didn't no, right no he didn't cp3 was trying to drag amecha okofor and david west places man and <laughs> you know what i'm saying I, but like let's not even go there what about those then when they had teams. deandre and they had blake griffin you look at who choked man it wasn't cp3 i think he had one game where some people questioned and he's like oh he wasn't clutch otherwise he was so clutch the problem is those guys aren't disciplined defensively blake griffin doesn't play defense no. and they were not like blake griffin wasn't scoring efficiently You and also with Houston, I feel like yeah he when CP3 got hurt yeah Houston was going to beat Golden State I totally and then CP3 missed game 7 and they still had that series till James Harden missed 17 three-pointers in the second half of game 7 yeah. or some nonsense yeah, like and that. If, it was ridiculous and if CP3 wasn't hurt they would have won for sure exactly and who exactly knows maybe so. they would have won the title you know and then finally just like Jason Kidd got his 2011 like you know he oh finally i got a ring and everyone's like oh he deserved it and yep uh somewhere in the multiverse there's a different version of chris paul where he's like a two-time champion or, or he went to the lakers and steph and curry won. is like holding his jock strap <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows anyway who knows uh yeah. all right let's 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 uh uh end by uh talking a little bit about the state of basketball in india so uh i'm going to actually so let the listeners know that uh you've actually been quite uh, involved in sort of the underground like uh, like like their bas- there's like a basketball league that people had and you were in very much involved with that and uh, nba's had games in uh, india now uh, so do you want to just like uh, talk about sort of like the state of affairs uh, of basketball in india sure thing bro 
So I'll uh, I'll put in my two cents. I uh, will not claim to be as knowledgeable as the people who've been on the ground floor working from the grassroots level and who have really helped, uh, you know, get us to where we are today. But I do have a little bit of perspective, uh, you know, having just uh, been there till uh, till very recently. Um, so uh, I, I had the privilege of being involved with the SBL uh, Streetball Three on Three Basketball League, which was held um, uh, in October through December. Um, it was a super fun league, uh, you know, run by great people, uh, you know, headed by Ranvijay Singha, you know, the people who are like involved with uh, the NBA in India. Mm-hmm. So it was great just being associated with them and um, seeing, you know, from their point of view and with their reach, you know, where, where the game is going. Uh, you know, we had the number one ranked three on three FIBA player in India playing in the league. The league was like surprising. Um, you know, I I was super pleased to see the amount of um, young players who who like were super passionate about the game. You know, the year on year growth uh, in viewership in India has been remarkable. No, uh, I mean, in no small part due to the NBA's efforts. Yeah. Um, but frankly, you know, just globalization, people being exposed. Um, kids are, are just seeing such a beautiful swarm, form of sport that, you know, that they weren't exposed to previously. Uh, but, you my, know, my one, uh, takeaway, uh, one, yeah. one question I had, you know, so obviously the, the I mean, as always with India, uh, we're tempted to make the comparison to China, right? I mean, NBA in China is so big. It's so big that it's now become controversial for where like LeBron won't uh, talk about Hong Kong protests or and people, are, uh, he got backlash for that or... You know mm-hmm. that uh, who was a Daryl Morey who tweeted uh, tweeted a support for in support of Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, and now Absolutely. and now in China you can't see Rocket Games. You know because they've been he banned. had to walk that back. Yeah, the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you know, was, uh, the, imagine very unlike the NBA. No, they, how they no, responded to China. That's yeah. true, and 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 we can touch on that how they did kind of like they definitely bungled this whole China thing. No doubt about it. The whole world is having its issues uh, dealing with the connectedness of china so yeah, but, let's leave it at that but think about yeah. this the the point i'm trying to make is imagine how important a market china is that even lebron is not willing to like say something about like china you know uh, because yeah. they're that big you know and in terms of like population size in terms of like people who speak english we have where population size we have like a we're almost we're going to take over them uh in mm-hmm. very soon we have more english speakers than they do and sure they had yao and i'm sure that really helped right i mean like for like 12 years you had one of the great like one of the best like he's a first ballot hall of famer and he was great like yao and shaq had their battles like he was famous I, they had Yao, and I'm sure Yao really helped the popularity of the sport. Yeah. But well, well, also Nikhil. To be fair, Yao didn't become Yao like by chance. China already had basketball infrastructure and a thriving basketball league. You know, mm-hmm. the CBA, the NBA has grown in in China because of Yao. But the Chinese had CBA anyways. You know, it's not like they weren't fans of basketball. So you're saying they so had like professional. Players who were basically... They had a huge, thriving league, yeah. Like, there was people a, who did nothing... Menk, Menk, Menk Batir was the first one. Then Wang Zizi. These are two other players that happened before Yao. Uh-huh. Seven footers. Uh, I think Wang Zizi shot the three. Menk Batir was just more a robotic big guy. Yao Ming just came and was such a huge star. 
that the NBA grew in a big way and a lot of the other stars. Jordan was a huge star in China back in the day. Right. So you didn't need Yao for the game to grow, although the NBA following grew uh, as a result. India needs its own basketball story, which I think the story will be different. It will be driven by, you know, the NBA. Uh, the whole India approach has been different across the board because what we're talking about here is not just basketball. It's the whole world is looking at India as a replacement from for China, whether it's manufacturing or whether it's as a target market to sell their wares, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's happening. Uh yeah, I think it's uh, it's also. I mean, uh, I'm hoping with, you know, with, you know, with like now everyone being at home stuck in COVID and like you know the more people having internet and sort of just sports starting to get a little bit more global just because you have YouTube and things like that. Obviously, basketball is going to get more and more popular in India and and I mean like think about this there are obviously more people where uh like at least people think and it's true because it's done so well there are more people willing to watch kabaddi on tv and it's an exciting game I, i've seen the kabaddi league it's cool uh then watch like the the fact that we have a football league we obviously have a cricket league we have a kabaddi league you know like there which are like national big leagues with like bollywood stars owning yeah. teams and things it's surprising given the how international basketball is how popular it's it is. It's a huge sport. Yeah. It's an Olympic sport. Exactly. Why doesn't it have its own? Yeah. Exactly. Kind of, so that's is it because there are not enough the fans? Is there not enough following? Not enough fans? Is that it? Let me put it this way. If they were to do an IPL version of basketball, it will um, have some following. How much is the question? Uh, already Reliance uh, has tied up with the NBA to start a 5 on 5 league, which I think is supposed to happen in 2021. Mm-hmm. So that'll be big for the game. I didn't know that. My whole comparison with China comes back to this. is In India, see, you need to have from childhood the ability to access the court and to play basketball against a reasonable level of competition. And that is simply not present right now. So, so you don't want like at the playing... school level. Exactly. Like even trying to play a core, a game for pickup, it's so hard to find a court I mean, that you can access. I think it's also, yeah, I mean, it's not one, it's, see, because it's, you know, actually there's like almost nothing you need to play basketball, right? Like you just need like a hoop and a ball. So it's actually even easier than like, I mean, cricket is very, uh, it lends itself very easily to play in a gully, right? I mean, all you need is like... Exactly. Uh, football does too. Football does Soccer, too. Yeah, exactly. But basketball, you, you need the ring. You need the you need the basket. And, that's... and honestly, you need you need a better terrain, you know? And you need to like kind of just be like... Uh, you know, even if... You, like, I think you... I think kids aren't just exposed to that sport at all. You know, where will they get... See, Nikhil, I think you also need a degree of like exactly exposure and coaching. Yeah, exactly. You know, because the skills development and how to play, these are things that are like important to the game. And I don't think it's really happening enough, but things are changing. You know, I know a lot of people who are involved with the league who were trying to start something like, um, what's the summer circuit in the States uh, that everyone grows up playing ball through AAU, right? you know, and tr- trying to do some like school leagues. There's college leagues. The problem is once you graduate, it's not viable to support yourself on the job uh, as a basketball player, as an athlete. So that's something that needs to change. Um, I think uh, with uh, Reliance, you know, bringing in a local 5-on-5 league, that'll happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we're going to have more 
Indian agents and, and just Indian players who are being represented who can play overseas, you know? Mm-hmm. Right now, um, the big news, recent news is Prin- Prince Pal Singh. Yeah, yeah. Prince Pal Singh. Yeah, he's just Kid from Delhi. With, uh, he's from Delhi. Yeah. 6'10". He's got some spring yeah. to his game. Yeah. He's got a decent shot. I saw his highlights. He's still... Yeah. Where, yeah, where is mean, he going? The point is... Uh, he's playing on a D League uh, team, which, as I understand it, is the Futures team, which they're taking people from the NBA academies or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, but he, they will be playing against other D League teams next season. Got it. So, um, you know, he's actually uh, been, uh, you know, uh, let's say trained, and uh, he he's come about from the ACG NBA Jump program, which is like you know one of the big uh, you know, efforts, which is really going to help get the um, Indian ballers where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in fact, uh, yeah, a friend of mine from basketball circuit, Karan Singh, has been a huge uh, proponent of trying to grow the game in India and uh, got to give a tip of the cap to him. So with Principal, like this is exactly what we need is to see some role models for young players to aspire towards and say, look, there is this academy. And yeah. from the time they're 14, they have to get selected for these camps. That's the only way that they're going to be able to uh, put enough time, effort, and have their family even get on board with them continuing with this pursuit till they're 18 and 20 and we can actually see and they, they have that sort of infrastructure sort of uh, already existing for cricket, right? I mean, you have cricket camps and kids go from a young age and then you, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. they don't have like good college infrastructure as well, which kind of hurts uh, the yeah. uh, in general, because I mean, how else do you get noticed or how else? I mean, they have the Ranji Trophy, uh, you know, for cricket at least, you know, where there's this sort of yeah. amateur league you can play in and get, and you can get selectors come and see you for the national team and for uh, IPL. But, yeah, I think slowly it will. I think once the audience is like, I don't know what has to come first, the audience or the infrastructure and the sport growing organically within the country. But either way, um, audience brings money. Physical infrastructure is required to allow people the 10,000 hours, you know, like as Gladwell refers to, yeah. uh, to, to truly perfect the craft. So you need a combination of the, the court time the potential for earnings down the road. And I think the third one is uh, access to better coaching, which I think, you know, with the NBA being here, it needs to be year round. So like the ACG NBA jump program, stuff like that, you know, where they can immerse themselves year round and get like the kind of coaching that not only teaches them skills, but teaches them how to play the game the right way, you know? Yeah. I mean, like that's uh yeah, totally. I mean, there are people who, like, LeBron also talks about his high school coach and his, most people, they'll talk about their college coaches, like, things they learned from them before they made it pro. So, yeah, I mean, that's super important, playing the AAU circuit. I think I think the fact that there is such a good system here in America is also why they do well. Or you can be like, I'm sure China also does well because they have, like, systems in place. Uh, you see, Nikhil, like, guys like LeBron, what makes them so special is not just their skills, it's their way of playing, you know? Like, the instincts to make those passes don't come overnight, Yeah, you know? And so I don't think you can look at just developing skills and say, oh, we have a guy who has the physical proportions and can shoot the ball and expect that he's going to be an impact NBA player if he's grown up not playing the right way, you know? Yeah. So that's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be still another 
10, 12 years till we can have, you know, NBA starter. But, um, you know, it's good to see us on, on the path. That's really optimistic. <laughs> uh, but who knows? Yeah, I mean... Trust me. 2030, look for us to have a guy who we're thinking he's going to be the guy. And then 2035... India is going to be right there with China. Uh, hey, if that's true, uh, I'm all for it. All right. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Basketball Batchi. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please go like, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also email us at basketballbatchit at gmail.com. So that's B-A-S-K-E-T-B-A-L-L. B-A-A-T-C-H-E-E-T at gmail.com with any comments, feedback or questions you may have. We'll be back next week with the next episode to preview the playoffs. Uh, Thanks for listening and stay safe.